we don't have a new for 96 slack because I guess we could just text, but whatever. <laughs> a team of two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, our guests always insist on uh, being informed of what humiliation might be up ahead. Uh, and we only tell them seconds before. I guess we could involve them. No, that takes the fun out of it. Yeah, we want the spontaneity. Yeah. So how do I yeah. sound? Okay. You sound Okay. You can use some of that for banter. New for 96. With your hosts, Kevin McCauley and Chris Nguyen. Do you think if you had watched Frasier like out of sequence? Yes. Because you know how it played a a role in your taste. Yeah, this is true. There's a direct correlation. What if the first... Uh, episode you had seen was Frazier driving an E65 7 Series. Like, would that discredit all of his furniture oh and art choices? Maybe. Yeah, probably so. I think I would I would have lost all faith Yeah, uh, in Frazier's taste. Um, but he didn't start off with that. Um, I, I guess he had nowhere else to go uh, as far as like a car choice goes. Because it, he was staunchly always a BMW driver, and yeah. Niles always a Mercedes driver, so you can't. But I mean, deviate. so he he had an E thirty nine, right? He had an E thirty nine, but he never had. I guess he never he upgraded to the seven series. Yeah. Um, so he never had a chance to have the E thirty eight. I feel like that was too fancy for, like his. The E38 was too fancy, but he had an E65. I think because that was at the end of the show. That was last season, right? So that was, yeah. he had like, I guess, because do you, did you notice on the show that like every year he got like a 25% like pay raise, which <laughs> yeah. is like who who gets that? Um, so right. maybe by the end of the show, like 25% every year for seven years or eight years uh, is pretty significant. So maybe he could finally afford... Uh, the big one, yeah. As Niles says, describes right, because he could have just—they could have had him in an E60, I guess. I think that might have come out like I think that might have been released like when the show was ending or over, maybe mid two thousand. So two thousand two was when E six or two thousand three was the E sixty. Okay, well, but I mean, it might not have like been on sale until like late two thousand or something here maybe this is what they talk about on frasertalk.net i bet (laughs) the forum i bet yeah we could we can start up the car section Uh, oh that'd be great yeah (laughs) this is terrible delete this tape no one is to know one nerdery yeah the nerdery that we get into with fraser but it is that show is the reason why i bought an eames lounge eventually like Mm -hmm. i pined for one uh Throughout high school and college. Pine? Uh, I thought it was Rosewood. Well, <laughs> that was the perfect phrase. Leaving, joke. leaving that in. And canceled. Um, yeah. Um, anyways, Kevin, hello. Chris, hello. What are we How doing are here? I don't know. Why are we talking on this? Why are we FaceTiming it like we normally do, but with mics? It, it's really hard to say. Hmm. Um, Could it be? Another episode of of new, new for ninety six. Yeah, I wasn't really sure if you're going for the every other word or yeah, that didn't really harmony. work so well last time. So yeah, we it didn't really harmonize. Did not. We didn't. We harmonize. don't choreograph well. Did you so, listen to the last episode? I did listen to the last episode. Okay, good, good. Yeah, good. I listened to every episode. Okay. Asterisk other. Yes. Episode. Um. Yeah. No, it was great. Thanks again, Brad, for being on. Yeah, it was. It was uh, much more informative than yeah. usual. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of facts. Yeah, uh, on that up. So. I don't care for the facts so much, but um, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll, people we'll who know what they're talking that about. In. Is that what you're this, getting this, at? This one will. Yeah, this one will all be subjective, wrong opinions. Yep, pretty much. Um, <sighs> yeah. Welcome to another episode. Uh, 
we are, of course, remote recording once again, but uh, I, I'm really surprised at the quality that comes across like over Zoom. Uh, we yeah. said FaceTime, but it's actually Zoom because they have like, there's an uncompressed quality uh, option. We're really in the I weeds here. Anyone knows about. Um, I don't think we should talk about the show on the show. Fine. Is it a little too meta for you? Yeah. Breaking the fourth wall as yeah. it was? Yeah. The fourth Fine. wall is just shattered. Whatever. Um, so uh, I, earlier today, I was trying to think of um, the director of Space Odyssey. And in my head, I kept saying Stanley Tucci's Space Odyssey <laughs> 2000, <laughs> in 2001. Um, and then... I was corrected when it, the words actually came out of my mouth uh, into someone else's ears. Um, but I think I prefer Stanley Tucci's <laughs> Space yeah, Odyssey. for sure. Um, it sounds so much more stylish. Mm-hmm. Um, what is he known for? Stanley Tucci? Yes. What isn't he known for? Okay. Devil Wars Prada? It's the only one I know. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Laura and- was watching Burlesque a lot, and he was in that too. Oh my God, he's been in a lot of um, very colorful roles, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know his uh, movieography, filmography, if you will. Um, I saw you earlier today. We went to uh, a friend's opening of a new garage. Yeah, uh, and it was really hot outside, even though it is middle of October. It was but so I, it was really hot. It was like ninety one when I checked, yeah. and yeah. I think it got warmer. Which like it's so deceiving. Like spending a lot of time inside the house now for like just quarantine. Like I keep thinking and looking out the window, leaves are falling a little bit, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be really like nice and cold when I go outside, and it isn't. Well, uh, this past week was really beautiful weather, so it's yeah. deceiving. Even if you were going outside regularly, it was very deceiving because it was nice and you just assume oh it's nice from now on yeah and that is a wrong assumption that is a wrong assumption uh and i always know too when it's a little too hot because i so i drove the celsius there because uh currently the 911 is incapacitated uh and when it gets above a certain temperature i want to say like close to 90 the rear view mirror which uh, it's a it's not an auto dimming one, but it has the LCD changing, you know, it mm. changes um, opacity, I guess. Uh, but you have to do it manually with a button. Okay. And so it starts to like bleed basically oh. uh, in a very creepy way. Uh, and it, it freaked me out the first time it happened because I thought like it was about to explode and all the LCD, all the liquid from the, all the crystal was about to yeah. pour out. Your, uh, your mirror is like... Uh... Mads Mikkelsen in Casino Royale. Yeah, that's his his tell when he's playing poker. Is his eye starts like getting yeah, like it a teardrop like of of bleeding. Yeah, it looks kind of like that. But yeah, whenever the car like when the car cools down, uh, it it like restores itself. So I thought you I were gonna say fine. that at a certain temperature, the Celsius second air conditioning system kicks on. Yeah, doesn't yeah. it have like an entire separate like an it entirely does. second AC? It has a rear AC system that has a separate, like, uh, I don't think it has a separate compressor, but it does something where it can control the temperature independently in the back seats. But uh, it blows hot, so I actually don't know how to fix it. If anyone knows how to fix the rear AC in a 1992 Toyota Celsius, uh, please let me know, because I have no idea. There's exactly one post on a forum, and it's just a question that has been left unanswered for the last 15 years. What forum? I think it's on, uh, I don't even know. It's on a Lexus forum because it's obviously a Lexus LS400. Um, and now I forgot what the, it's like, oh no, I, it's called like Club Lexus or something like that. Who comes oh. up with forum names? Like it is like a requirement that it has to be stupid. <laughs> There's no dignified one. Prius chat. Yeah. Prius I chat. hate mud. Right. Uh, the Porsche ones are no, I mean, I guess, uh, I used to go to planet nine, uh, which was the box or which was the Cayman one. Yeah. Was, yeah. And I then they had that. to change it. Yeah. Cause I, I think it used to be like Cayman 
owners.net or something like that. And then Porsche came down on them for using the name Cayman in the oh, URL. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so then they called it Planet Nine, which I don't quite understand because... I was active on Probe Talk <laughs> when I was a youth. Boy, that could go so many ways, yeah. topic-wise. Um, what is the other... What is the more broad uh, portion one? Not Pelican, but... Ren, Renlist? Is it Renlist? Renlist, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's fine. Renlist.com. <laughs> Pelican. The Pelican... Is it just... It's so weird that there's a an entire board from Pelican Parts, and then they also like you. They it. I wonder if it started out small and then it just blew up into like a massive forum because it's probably the best resource, honestly. Yeah, it's up. crazy because you always see posts from like 2004. It's like, yeah, I picked up this SC for seven grand. And, yeah, basically, you know, it's yeah. lame. It's it's yellow and it doesn't have a sunroof. What a bad yeah. spec. <laughs> it came from Europe. Ugh, like, <laughs> dear Lord. Um, yeah, what a time to be alive. The early aughts. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of like time passing, I've been wondering. I, I've been reminiscing about the wagon, my old, my old, I should say, I, like it sold in February. Uh, my BMW, A lifetime ago. <laughs> I know. My BMW wagon. Uh, reminiscing, but not missing it. I think that's one car that I don't actually miss, um, surprisingly, because I think I have missed, I have had like that moment where I've missed uh, most of the cars that I've owned at some point, like regretting that I sold it, and I don't for for mo- all intents and purposes, like your three thirty was probably yeah. a better car. It was very much so a better car. Um, so, but hey, and I I guess I haven't been driving that much this year, anyways. But uh, I mean, I enjoyed that it was a six speed manual. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I haven't like really thought about it much. Um, like as in like I'll see like BMW wagons every once in a while driving around and I'll think, Oh yeah, I know what that's probably like to drive, but I don't think like, Oh man, I really miss like that. Yeah. Um, I do miss having like a BMW though, like mm-hmm. as a street car, everyday street car. Um, but I was thinking about like, do you think 30 years, uh, from now, like, are we going to look at, like SUVs and CUVs because they're basically the wagons of today since wagons don't really exist anymore. Uh, like in 30 years, are we going to look back like and say like, you know, that MX-5, MX-5, CX-5, uh, that RAV4, uh, or maybe like let's move it a little bit up market, like the cars that are a little bit more driver oriented, like an X-5, say mm-hmm. for instance, like a first gen X-5. Are we going to look at that fondly like a manual one uh and pine for it and pay a premium for it on future bat uh that was a good segue by the way i didn't even see this coming and this i was looking right at this topic you yell at me for revealing the magic of the show um yeah i don't know i mean i think you know in 30 years we'll we'll be in a crumbling smoking wasteland and you'll need an suv for uh what's left of the roads yeah so i mean that's uh, what our roads are like in houston which is why i switched to an suv for daily right but imagine worse yeah yeah. which is uh nearly certain so uh yeah i mean i think i i i think some uh, because they are they're they're so wagons back in the day were you know i think there were enthusiasts who recognized what a neat idea it was like it was a basically based on a car but with storage capacity and it basically it was no compromises uh but it you know 99 percent of people saw it as just like a family hauler and so an suv cuv is kind of that now like i think there are some like you know today performance cuvs suvs that are cool but for the most part, like they are kind of like family haulers or they're not like they, you don't look at them and think sporty uh, or enjoyable to drive. I think uh, I can't speak to like the European contingent of like that marketplace. But here, the fundamental difference is a wagon is cool because they are rare. Yeah. Like every variant of every wagon is rare. 
Yeah. So, in, I mean, in the future, when we move past CUVs and SUVs, there will be something new. Like, it will be like, you know, like everyone's driving a sphere now. Like a sphere <laughs> with four wheels or something. <laughs> so, we'll look back and say like, wow, that's rugged looking. Because uh, it has a two-box design. Yeah, um, I, I think... Uh, I don't know. It, it seems like with all of these things happening at once, but like battery electric vehicles, skateboard type chassis situations yeah. and pedestrian safety rules. Like I think everything's just going to arrive at a current Ford Explorer shaped thing. Yeah. Like, like the higher lu- up. like the lucid air or something yeah. like that. Cause I mean like today's, you know, SUVs and CUVs are car based anyways um i mean not all of them obviously there's still some truck based ones and uh but a lot of them are car based and so that's what kind of like mentally linked uh, them to wagons for me are, is, i mean car based and unibody are not the same no but some of them are literally you know yeah, some like, of them are literally car but yeah and but yeah. we're talking rav4 and C, C, like cx5 yeah. i mean they make so, like a million of those right no one's so, going to be no one's going to those are just way too common to be sought We're after. We're pining after the XV10 Camry wagon with the dual wipers. I mean, the, I say the pining, wagon but no is one rare. Is, it's not like there was the, a sedan Rav4 and like, oh, was it rare? I feel like I saw them everywhere. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you're I, okay. Rarity is you're right. I but there were more wagons around back in the day, right? Like almost everything had a wagon variant to it. If you yeah, had a sedan, I, well, so I was one of the people that like grew up with the like stigma view of wagons because yeah. my mom had a buick century wagon oh i was about to say like uh my best friend growing up had a chevy celebrity wagon which is probably the same, same platform totally the same yeah yeah um yeah so i guess you move on from there i mean like a cayenne gts manual like will those be revered i think um, they already are I you know I was thinking about that. I don't know if they're revered or I mean they cost more than an uh, automatic equivalent, but I think they're still depreciating because uh, they were once you know seventy ninety grand whatever it is, uh, and now they're selling for thirty thousand dollars and under. Um, it seemingly with frequency on uh, bring a trailer, so and then X five the X five has a manual too first gen. Uh, Pre and post facelift, sorry, LCI. Um, I, those I could see like maybe eventually being valued too. Yeah, I have a lot of conflicting feelings about that because that I, was yeah. so early in the SUV dom of BMW that it that that was so early in the transition of BMW to an SUV company that makes a couple cars that yeah. that was like a fundamentally, like, objectively, like worse five series. Yeah. That also was bad at doing SUV things. I mean, yeah. and I think they're cool. The manual is cool. And I like the way that the original X5 looks, but it wasn't like particularly great at that. Uh, well, one factor to that too is that, uh, well, and I think people, uh, this is weighted differently with people, but you can't get a rear wheel drive one because those were all wheel drive standard. So I think some people will value that, but like, I don't think there were any rear-wheel drive-only SUVs uh, with a manual. Basically, the dream wagon configuration. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Or like a 4.8 IS, if you had to go with an auto. I mean, there are a lot of auto cars that are appreciating uh, in interest as well, I guess. Um, I don't know. I think there are a lot but of... I, I mean, is, that, is a 4.8 IS, like, is that special enough to justify the... I, like I, high cost. Like if you're gonna get a dated SUV, like yeah. with a V8, it's like, oh, well, I, get the Grand Cherokee 5.9. It will probably uh, give you less, maybe less troubles. Yeah, maybe. No, I bet you it's just as much trouble. Oh, I'm sure it is. Uh, and feel like you're fixing all the same things, uh, except that it feels crappier on the inside. I did like those a lot as a kid. Uh, I did too. My mom had the 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 straight six. Grand the Cherokee, normie. yeah, four and liter. Always, what? Yeah, four, four liter. liter, and it was yeah. always uh, 
like going through CV joints. Yeah. All the time. And like it had all, it had all four wheel drive, which we yeah. never used. So if you don't use it, it just like eats itself. My oh really? Oh yeah, that makes sense. I guess. Um, yeah, because I guess nothing like if you're not moving the components, they seize up or. I yeah, I guess. I mean, that's what they told us the mechanics, and I don't know yeah. if it was selectable though, so it wasn't like uh, full time. No, it was four wheel drive, like not all wheel drive, so it was selectable. Huh. Okay. Um. My uncle in Portland had you a, had the, like the lever on you know the separate yeah lever. the L shape yeah. L shape uh, one next to the regular one was it a normal shifter like handle was it like a T T shifter or was it like weird I just know it was a smaller knob I can't remember we'll have to look at a picture yeah my uncle in Portland had a base model ninety three Grand Cherokee like with steel wheels and a manual. Uh, like, and he ran that up to like 200 plus thousand miles. And then I think my cousin crashed it. Um, I actually always thought even that was just like cool back in the day when I was a kid. He's had some kind of cool. I I thought that was cool. Yeah. When my mom got it, I was really into it. Like I kind of sold her on that car. It was the Uh, first time as a kid, like I paid attention to Jeep, even though I know like in the era, I think people looked at it at like a soft uh, like a Jeep going soft. Um, I actually, as a kid, I really loved the Cherokee. Yeah. Like I loved the Cherokee so much. I had a matchbox of it and like, yeah. and so I thought that the Grand Cherokee, like I didn't like the looks at first because it wasn't like boxy was, enough. Uh, I, I loved that everything was like flush. Uh, it looked very futuristic. Yeah. Um, I grew, I grew to like it. Yeah. And, and convinced and my mom to it get went, one. Uh, extremely downhill. Uh, yeah. The one after that was like there was like a I don't know if it was the same gen, just a f- facelift, but it kind of got a little bit rounder. And then the early two thousands one got puffy. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, that one was really bad. Yeah. Uh, Everything Chrysler touched in like two thousand two to two thousand eight was, yeah, was was bad. Was like very, very I was. Bad. I mean, I think it's honestly, I truly think that period Chrysler is like. One of the it, low points of car design. It infected Mercedes too of that era. Everything became like bubbly and puffy. Yeah, but not like the to the cheapness of the of the Dodge things where I it don't was know. just the there were, I mean it, I'm talking about all the Chrysler things like yeah. the caliber and nitro and and just like the early chargers and I I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was not ideal. Um so in conclusion, yes. who knows? Maybe. <laughs> um, I think it just depends on what we're driving then at that time or if we're driving at all. Um, right. Or our um, self-driving cars have all killed us because... Right. I mean, if, if gas is finite and you can only drive on like certain roads with your gas car that, where it costs $14, gallon, $14 a gallon or something, like, are you going to want to drive this uninspiring... SUV, yeah, yeah. Either a modern fast one that you feel nothing, or a, an old one that's like worse than its car counterpart. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll I don't see. know. I mean, I honestly don't know because I mean, if you took that argument I just made to its logical conclusion, it's like, oh, why wouldn't you drive an Ariel Atom? Why would you drive anything yeah. that's not an Ariel Atom or something? You know what I mean? Yeah, why would you drive right. an M5 it, if you could have a, a two-seat car that's Inexperience, more yeah. Uh, unless, like, gas is so rare then that you're forced to drive a fuel-efficient car because gas is so precious. I guess you the, don't question use it all is, up. the question is what CUVs and SUVs, like, deliver an experience that's noteworthy enough. That's a good question because... Uh, the thing is, because, you know, I think there's a current argument going on, uh, or at least if you're on Twitter sometimes about, uh, the purpose and existence of SUVs and CUVs, uh, versus a car. And the thing is through computers and technology, like you can make an SUV perform pretty well. Um, like the Cayenne is pretty good um like and it, it like if you so i guess the question is i mean like the idea is stupid that you're overcoming like weight um 
with technology. I, I think the only I think the only CVs and SUVs that you'd want are something that delivers a very unique experience, like yeah. an old well, XJ Cherokee. Not because it's fast or has good dynamics, but because it's different. Because it has bad dynamics. Well, or, yeah. Or, or well, or that a feels G-Wagon. like a truck. I yeah, think, that feels I like a truck. Anything, anything that's like a 2007 or newer SUV or CUV or something that's like a fast CUV is just going to feel modern fast CUV doesn't feel like anything. You have no steering feel It's fast and, and yeah, extremely. No, uh, no, I completely agree. Like, I mean, like, I don't think anyone's going to want to pile into like a Dodge Nitro or like, what is a car today? The SUV today that would just be bland. I mean, like any infinity SUV, um, like, I mean, that's the that's the draw, though, isn't it? Like, I think that people like where cars are appreciating. You hate this because we talk about this frequently, but like Land Cruisers, uh, Land Cruisers are old cars, no matter how you look at them. Even today, Kevin hates when I talk about Land Cruisers uh, because I don't know why. Um, it's just it's just like very. What, Kevin? It's, it's fine. We've covered this. We've covered this. <laughs> I like when it when it, one goes on Brigade Trailer for very expensive. Like I, I don't I don't care. I know, but I send you the links anyways. Um <laughs> but it's the same thing with the G Wagon. It's the same thing with like uh I think the cars that are the SUVs that are appreciating right now are the ones that are truck based or uh I don't think Cayenne manuals are appreciating right now but um i think people value like that old like what you were saying but i'm just reiterating what you're saying basically is that like people value that kind of old truck feel which Mm. i i think up until like the 200 series land cruiser like it kind of has an old truck feel where you run over things and the whole body kind of jiggles um but um yeah so i don't know i'm making a note now to check back in 30 years uh to see where this conversation has gone Yes. Uh, so. Well. Yeah. But on that note too, about yes. so people. So there is, of course, again, this current argument uh, for against CUVs, SUVs. I say, uh, let us um, relent to our, you know, cargo carrying overlords and accept them. They are here to stay. They are the future. Every car sold is going to be that Ford. Like, will no longer have sedans. They'll have the Mustang and then SUVs. Um, so okay. So there's that. The other thing, like, so why do people in the U.S. I get why people like we've just you know we've determined why people fawn over wagons, uh, but then people fawn over diesel wagons and i'm not quite sure like i've never been able to get on board with this just idea diesels in general and diesels it's in general because i i heard uh richard on richard porter's podcast with johnny smith they were like two brits yeah. openly discussing like how ludicrous it is that Americans like lust after diesels because it is like the economy version. Like people yeah. in people in Europe that buy a diesel and, and this did I, I didn't even really this isn't really uh, I know so little about diesels that it didn't really yeah uh, I didn't really get it until hearing this. But like they get the diesel for you know because the fuel is expensive or it's a tax thing or whatever. But like yeah, no one wants to get the diesel. It is objectively worse to drive it, it is it will go far on it gas, sounds like, terrible yeah like it, it drives in an unnatural power delivery like, is yeah. weird yeah like I, I the thing is like i think if you ask anyone who's like oh diesel wagon like i'm drooling right now why are you drooling because all like the only reason why it exists is because it gets 30 miles per gallon versus the gas equivalent which gets 24 yeah um so i mean unless you're towing things all the time it doesn't make any sense to pine over the diesel version of anything. Uh, I've never sounded like... I, I think it's just the forbidden thing. I guess. The only one I will say, uh, my only hypocritical choice uh, is the V10 Touareg. Right. Because I do think that is kind of cool. That they made a V10, period. So that it's a diesel, I could you know care less. Uh, but that was a V10... Uh, in this tiny, why well, mid-size uh, SUV was cool. Um, 
definitely. And but beyond that, like it's just beyond me why we fawn over it. Um, I mean, like Forbidden Fruit is fine. Like you know, we'll like we'll we'll fawn over like subcompacts that people were embarrassed to buy in Europe. Uh, and you know, we like the uh, you know it'd be cool if we had like an Alfa Romeo. Uh, Alfa Romeo. Uh, what is the small one? I forget what it's called. But it was basically a Fiat rebadged as an Alpha. Like that would have been kind of cool to have here if you had to buy a subcompact. Um, but other than other than that, like as far as a powertrain goes, it, we're living in like uh, car heaven in a way uh, because our gas here is relatively cheap, so we can actually have petrol cars. Um, so I don't know. That's it. Yeah, yeah. No, speaking of forbidden, I saw like a a Renault today after I was Ooh. leaving. After I saw you earlier, I, I yeah. saw a Renault SUV that was what like a modern, like up from Mexico or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I can't. It, it might be the Renault Capture. I'm not exactly sure. I can't. I can't tell from a very cursory Google search. I used to see a lot more cars from Mexico. Um, like interesting been... cars. A little unfriendly in the last oh. four, or four or so years <laughs> across the border. Yeah. Um, Remember when we went to uh, Radwood in LA and we saw that one series like Hatchback? Yeah, that was really cool. There's yeah. actually around my I've neighborhood. Seen, I've seen one in Houston before. Oh, really? I've never seen a one series here, but um, the five door. Yeah, the the Hatchback. Uh, but I have seen like in my neighborhood, um, someone lives. I guess drove their A1, Audi A1. Up. Oh, I do see some of those. Yeah. Uh there's I it may be the same one, I don't know. Uh but it's such a good-looking little hatchback. Um yeah. like all it's just it's so it's futuristic looking too. I don't know why because it's so like smooth, but smooth and round. Uh but that's kind of cool to see and it's also kind of weird that uh Mexico gets um these cars. I'm I bet you they get the cool Land Cruisers down there too, Kevin. Oh yeah, they got the Focus RS back yeah. in the second generation Focus yeah. RS. Um, but alas, I yeah, I guess that makes sense. That in California, you'll see um, cars come up from Mexico as well. Uh, I'm surprised we don't see more. I guess. I mean, I guess I don't know how. If you're driving a, uh, I don't know if that would be considered higher end, but a nicer car, um, what that means. If you're less likely to be, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess Whatever. it's been. I guess it's been like ten years now, and I've never told the story on the pod. But the the Focus RS thing was when, uh, in like it must have been 2010, uh, Jalopnik posted about like you could buy this you know the bright green focus rs that that generation like it was for sale at a dealer in mexico city and you could just buy it on the continent and they posted about it and so a guy in chicago uh bought it because he has like some businesses in mexico so he had you know ways of getting around the registration he had yeah. a car collection in chicago he bought it there drove it to the border and drove it into texas uh, where uh, he let Matt Hardigree from Jalopnik drive it, and oh, I yeah. photographed it. And it was because, you know, Jalopnik had run the post. That's how he found out about it. So he's yeah. like, you guys want to, you know, do you guys want to drive it and do a thing about it? So, uh, and then he bought everyone lunch at the Salt Lake. Wow. Like, you know, us, and he invited, like, the local, like, focus club. Oh, that's which was cool. really cool. And yeah. Um, and then he drove up to Dallas and then he shipped it to Chicago. But yeah, oh, it was wow. a super cool car. So I rode in it. I didn't drive it, but it was yeah. extremely cool. That is really cool. The funny thing is in the parking lot at the Salt Lake, there was a DeLorean and everyone was losing their minds over that. And no one really cared about this like bright green economy hatchback. But I mean, it looks it's... impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it totally does. I, I was thinking about this today, and I think you saw it as well, but there was, like, we were driving back from uh, the event today. Um, there was that yellow Kia Rio or something. It was just, like, a very bright jelly bean <laughs> of a car. 
Do you remember that? We were on, um, anyways, um, it just kind of got me thinking about like colors. Like I'm surprised that they offer like the cheapest cars in the brightest of colors because it just calls out that car so much. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think the, the buyer, it's a younger buyer. It's a maybe. younger buyer starting their career or whatever. And they're more likely to get an adventurous color. I, and to them, I it's think... not, it, to them, it's not like, Oh, I'm buying this like shitty car to them. It's like, I'm buying a new car, like a brand new car for me in the color yeah. I want. I'm curious, like, uh, like, yeah, I mean, I wish more people would spec yellow, honestly, uh, because now I want to buy used cars that are yellow, uh, certain ones. Collectively, not all of them. collectively, we have uh, no colors, no colors. <laughs> no, collectively, not... I don't know how many cars we have collectively, at least six, and we yeah. have no colors. Nope. Not a color. Like, I want a color. I've wanted a color, and I never find a car in a color. Uh, I've black, we've got silver, the, we've, and we've gray. We've got the grayscale spectrum. Like, we really do. Nailed. So, the thing is that, like, only one of my cars would look good in yellow. Can you imagine a yellow, basically an LS400? Yeah. <laughs> or a yellow <laughs> Land Cruiser? <laughs> that would be a lot. Um, what if your Land Cruiser was tan? What if you wrapped it in tan? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, because a lot of them were gold. No, I mean like flat tan. Oh, like yeah, the, that'd be cool. Like the if one I, that Andrew Collins drove in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one like it, around my neighborhood that uh, was repainted that color, an 80 series though. Um, oh, I've seen I don't, that, yeah. Yeah, I don't think my car would look good in that. I don't know. I think it's such a big car, like a subdued color kind of works with it. Um, tan's pretty subdued. Maybe like a beige. Well, this one's an, it, but this one's the LX four seventy, not the not an actual Land Cruiser nameplate. So I don't know why. Like I, I like maybe a Land Cru an actual Toyota would look good in that, but I feel like it's a little too much for uh, an LX. Yeah, I don't know. Chrome maybe all chrome. Yeah, there gold you go. reflective maybe. Um, yeah, uh, um, I had in our list of topics here, the ID four, but I don't now recall why I had it like, was, because I, we I put it in it like a few days ago badge. or a few weeks ago. It was because of it, the badge placement, but I don't know what you else you wanted to say. Uh, well, I think at the time, cause I think I put this in like two or three weeks ago, but, yes. um, because the badge had a weird space. I yeah, I texted you about that because we're both we both have like design backgrounds, and I had an issue with the way that they had kerned the lettering for the badge. But also, the ID four is cool though. Like, yeah, uh, it looks really good. Yeah. Um. So I hope it does well. I mean, no one knows anything about it actually. I guess I think people in Europe are just starting to drive it. Are they? I think okay. So. Um, but the ID4 badge, yeah, is just very badly laid out. Um, it is. In that... The ID3, the interior, I hated, like, the look. I didn't see it, but, I mean, the look of it just looked like they spray-painted a clay model of an interior gray. Like, it just oh. looked like very bad plastic. It yeah, yeah. Um poor. Well, that is unfortunate. I think um, the ID4 resolves some of that. Yeah, it's... It's it's good because it's uh it's not boring, but it's also every line makes sense. It's it can, cannot offend. I feel like uh, right. and not necessarily in a boring way. So uh, that that's great for Volkswagen, I guess. Um, yeah. Speaking of German companies that are mm. making. Questionable, questionable decisions. <laughs> the M3 and M4 came out, and we have not really talked about the no. 4 Series uh, grill, and now oh, it's in M form. I mean, there's not really a lot to say, except yeah. that I will bang this drum that the entire design is mediocre, and also oh, yeah. the last M4 was mediocre, but the, like, the grill sucks. That is old, old, not just like old news. Like that, you can't even like when criticizing the car now, just criticize the grill because I think everyone, right? Yeah, everyone you can't say it. oh it's ugly. My my only like my only angle on it is the cruelty is the point. 
Yeah. I, I think they want it to be as awful and vulgar as possible and like as like not flowing with the car as possible. Like it has these it has cleavage around the badge because yeah. it is like <laughs> bulging out. Like there is for all the horny I, we, forum we, posters. Maybe, maybe we have talked about this from the concept, but I think I I believe there is a way to do a tall grill on a BMW in an elegant way that would work, and they chose not to. Oh yeah, to no. Make it I mean, as, as hateful as possible. It's incongruous. Like you cannot even rationalize your way around like that decision. I feel like, and I would actually be really curious to hear from like read a a designer who worked on the project with the rationale, like how that is supposed to work with the rest the of the car. The designer of it, either the designer of it or or Hui Donk who oversees it. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, Someone said, like, had a comment about the 4 Series at Geneva. I'll try to find it and include a link, but basically, like, you know, you have to shock people these days because of, you know, fascism. But it, yeah, yeah. I, I like, I, I get, I get the academic reason why they did it. Um, the real life application, like, you just cannot, like, the, a lot of people are, uh, I think, uh, like there's a bad argument comparing it to like bangle BMWs and how like oh yeah that was controversial uh, but look now people like have warmed up to it uh, but every single line on those bangle BMWs made sense like there was a purpose for it it and really it was contributed like a f- to a concept it, it, it really was like a futurist execution of yeah. like the classic 90s ones yeah there like, are some things that really work and like the um, I mean, it was on your car, it was on several of the cars, but the, like, how there was kind of like a duckbill spoiler, f- a very subtle trunk ducktail, duckbill spoiler formed from like an arc, like two yeah. arcs, I thought was just so brilliant. Yeah. I uh, I read somewhere recently, and I may be wrong on this, but that Bengal didn't actually design the E93 series, uh, that that was essentially like the design language is there, and then it, they basically pulled it together from... Existing yeah, design well, I mean, language. It, the, the, the E90 had to be the most like mainstream. Unoffensive. Yeah. Yeah. He designed uh, the E46. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is true. Um, no, I mean, so it's wrong because the intentions for both design movements were different. One was a look into the future. Yeah. The other was to sell cars. Right. Uh, and I mean, like, there's just like no. Point in, like the only people who are going to argue for this are weird BMW diehards who look at the company with faultless eyes, uh, and those are people you probably do not want to sit next to at a dinner party. So this design, like not just, not the grill, but the overall mediocrity, like they lost Golson. Oh, they lost. Oh yeah, Golson. I, I mean <laughs> that is uh, that is saying a lot. Um, Friend but, of the show friend of the show he is an actual friend of the show as he we got a letter so we have to say that um uh no but yeah there's just no good angle and it really does look like like i don't it does not elicit any sort of like emotion because it's just an assemblage of things that will sell a car (laughs) like it it, they did this line because it's very popular right now. They did this because it's going to stand out. They did this because, like, you know, yeah, uh, this is what people are looking for when they spend this much money. Uh, so it, it's, doesn't, it doesn't have a Hoffmeister kink because have who that knows idea. why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Got to gotta, gotta break from tradition and make something that has no identity whatsoever. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, not much. To say. Just, this, it is just a hateful machine. Like it is it a really hateful is. car designed for people that hate themselves. I know. Maybe this is a. Maybe this is a an excuse, uh, so that they can refresh the car and LCI in like two years, and then sell more of them when they shrink the grill. Do you think? No, because capitalist companies only think like one quarter at a time. Maybe so that's maybe like too long because term. That's too long. BMW term. does have a pattern though with pre-LCI, LCI. Okay, I know you're trying to segue, but the the four series is bad. <laughs> the four series is bad. Uh, I mean, like what BMW today? I mean, I know this is a curmudgeonly argument, but like 
it's fine. You know, there is a market that will buy their cars regardless. Um, and that's fine. It's just like, it's a, it's now a company that produces products that no longer appeal to like the likes of me uh, right. or you or like anyone who liked old BMW. Um, so I, I, I don't, uh, do you think, before you answer this, do yes. you think that like the over extremely overwhelmingly negative reaction, like, do you think something might change in the company? Like, do you think there might be some kind of thing? I have two comments. You know, when I think about what would a good modern BMW look like, and I have two answers that, uh, that fully satisfy me, but I, I think the 2013 or 2012, like Pininfarina Grand Lusso concept car was yeah. outstanding. Pininfarina yeah. knows how to design cars. So uh, BMW, if you need someone that can design cars, you should call <laughs> Pininfarina. But also the i8. I think the i8 looks amazing. Even yeah. if you don't like the i8, it's like it says get in loser we're going to the future oh and it really that, does yeah and, yeah and if that fascia if that aesthetic was applied to every car even the gas yep. ones i think no one would be complaining it'd be like no. oh maybe it's not for me because it's too futuristic but it doesn't look like this but it, whatever yeah, I, that's a really good point like the i8 was a really good example and it unfortunately was like an outlier product but uh like Again, yeah, you're right. You know, the driving experience, competitive, uh, whatever aside, uh, if when you stand in front of one of those in real life, it is so sculptural, but it yeah. looks like a BMW. Right. Like right. it. It the solution it has a, with the kidneys, like the way the kidneys yeah. are handled, everything is is extremely cool. It looks really good. Maybe that was part of it. Is that like instead of going vertical, maybe they should have just gone wide with the. I mean, I always with think the wide is better. But I yeah. even like how it's not. It's not like, uh, you know, I like chrome kidneys. Traditional. I'm a traditionalist, but it yeah, has like same. blue like kidneys where the color is on the inside surface. Yeah. Like it's just it's a totally it looks wacky, really like, good. cool execution. Yeah, it totally works. Yeah, and yeah, it's it, so they had the tools in their palette, but. Um, uh, I just I hate reading their excuses. I mean, and that's what it be, it comes down to now because they're they're on the defense. Yeah. Uh, because no one like they're not responding to accolades. There are none to respond to. So he, he they really are just like you know why look to the past for things like even though that was well revered and like they're purposeful etc. Like we're just gonna throw all of that out and then we're gonna focus on how to sell cars. Uh, period, and that's it. You and I had, I think we had like a small argument recently, and we didn't really go into it. Are we talking about three letters? No, that, actually, uh, this what? is this is actually another thing. This oh. is like a, a segue between the segue, but about BMW, yes. where you were saying. I think I don't want to miss I don't want to mischaracterize your statement, but yes. I think we had like a slight disagreement, a fundamental disagreement, but like it was still about you were saying like BMW has kind of sold out and gone after volume and sales. Yeah. yeah. And the choices they make are because of that decision. Yeah. And I argued that that is not the case, that it was it is their they have gross BMW has gross incompetence yeah. and any sales sales increases that they have is just riding a wave of premium luxury SUV sales. Yeah, maybe. Do we, do we disagree or are we on the same I page? Think, no, I, I disagree. I think they are trying, they're being, they're attempting to be a volume manufacturer I think they are attempting to be a volume manufacturer. Yes. I do not think they are succeeding. I think they are only succeeding by oh. virtue of offering luxury crossover no, SUVs, yeah. which which would sell no matter what I, the platform I, was. No, I'm like I'm bored with you there. Like, okay, okay. I, I'm not agree. saying that their formula is working. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, think that. Okay. I don't totally think the fact agree. that they have like you know 69 different variants uh, of four cars. Um, is what is working. I think it's selling by nature of it. Them, it's a BMW. Any yeah, any luxury nameplate SUV yeah. would and sell like gangbusters. 
Did you see that Mercedes recently, like in the last week, announced that they're going to be reducing their model lineup because they admit that trying to produce the CLA or any of the A-class cars was a mistake. Yeah, yeah um, I did see that. Yeah, and so, I mean, it, it almost seemed like a jab at BMW. Uh, and they were saying, like, they want to focus on a core lineup and making those better cars instead of producing a million different versions of a car uh, and making them all just okay, which is essentially what BMW is doing. And I think they had the same targets, which was uh, sell as many cars as you can instead of, you know, building upon the reputation. I mean, I get it. You know, from a business perspective, every car or every business has to show growth, I guess. But mm -hmm. it, it seems like they're trading it, like BMW is trading in, but the thing is, the formula is not even working. So whatever sales bumps they're seeing, the growth that they're seeing, it doesn't matter because I think they're going to start seeing the a decline because I think the competition offers less offensive-looking machines to get... Maybe, but I mean, as far as SUVs, I think people are going to buy an X5 and they're going to buy X3s. Yeah, that's true. Or you go to one of Mercedes's many offerings at the moment, which I guess will be maybe trimmed down. I actually don't know. Uh, because they do have like an A, B, I don't think C. they'll trim down their SUV offerings. Yeah, that's true. That's That truly is the moneymaker for any company. It, it truly is. And, and offering a premium SUV right now, it doesn't really matter how good it is. Like it will sell. Yeah, that is true. We saw we saw a B GLB today. GLB, yeah. GLB. Uh, they're so generic looking now, like, I, and that's unfortunate. Like, I, uh, like we don't have to go into this tangent, but like, uh, Mercedes, the way that they have, I don't know why, but I, I can't. I can't even pinpoint it, but like they look generic, and maybe it's that everyone else, like the uh, you know down market a little bit, has upped the game to where now I think you know Mazda makes more premium looking SUVs than like at least the entry level for Mercedes. All Mercedes, uh, yeah, or all of Mercedes for that matter. Um, so I don't know. It is, it's a weird time to be alive. That is for sure. It is well, and uh, like. The Kia and Hyundai stuff, like, did you see the Hyundai? I think it was the Tucson, like, was revealed a couple oh, weeks yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, that looked and really it looks good. insane. I mean, it's so cool. Like, it's even if it's not your cup of tea, you're like, oh, shit. They are, see, okay. they are, they are like sending it. You know you what know I mean? What? Like, and you're I, right, because it's a bold design and it is like, it is what BMW was trying to do with the dumb grill, like, where it's outrageous. But yeah. in a good way. In like, a good way. It's like, oh, it's like this is a design language I've never seen before with like stamping techniques I've never seen before. And it's yeah. like it's so crazy. Like they are truly sending it. And yeah. And I mean, if they do a sports car, it's gonna be insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I no, think they I think that like because you know, they've been testing that mid-engine hatchback, like uh you know, like they've been testing like a Veloster hatch mid-engine mm. prototype. And I think yeah. that will probably be, I'm told that will probably be like a conventional mid-engine, like sporty car. Yeah. It won't be a hot hatch mid-engine. And so that's just the mule. So yeah. the styling could be insane. But I mean, yeah, I, I just like is. seeing the stuff they're doing. It's crazy. I do too. And the thing is that like, and BMW can't claim like, they've they've shot themselves in the foot in that, they can't claim that they have heritage to consider like where like Hyundai and Kia, they can do a new design language every year. Uh, and it doesn't matter, but BMW is doing the same thing. They've tossed everything out They're This has, other than the fact that there are two separate kid, uh, like grill pieces, there is nothing that ties right. it back to its history. It, so, also, on the regular, especially on the regular four series, like if you're going to make a grill that big, it would really make a statement to not have other inlets 
and yeah. intakes and openings in the front because it's like it's all here. You know That's what I mean? What people like, want it, holes. Right. But no, they still have to have holes just for the visuals. So you still have to yeah. have more scoops and holes in the front just all for the no holes. reason. You for really literally do. no reason. Yeah, like, no, you, not at all. We, they don't go anywhere. <laughs> we talked about this. Like if you look at um there are some Mazdas, like I think the current CX five and three, like where on either side of the grill, instead of like the traditional like scoops that don't do anything, like yeah. there it's just like surfacing. And it's yeah. very refreshing. It's very cool. Yeah. It's very like, cool. You like the thing is I like that these other car companies they're taking what people want and then evolving it into something that makes sense and that works versus just tacking it on because that's what people want. Yes. Uh I mean BMW is doing the equivalent of like uh port events on the side of the fender. They're just tacking shit on because people want that's what they wanted. Uh this is what your survey submitted your submission was. So we put it on there. I hope you're happy. Okay, so I am I've trust me I have looked for this article and I cannot find it, but yeah. I am like uh, not scarred. What's the opposite of scarred? Where you're, I have, Im, I have been imprinted. Embraced. With, yes. No, no, I've been imprinted with a 2001 Auto Week news section blurb. Yeah. Because I remember when Bob Lutz came back to GM in like 2000 or 2001 or 99, and he was the czar. He was like, yeah, they put him in charge, and he yeah. just like every stupid idea. And I, I like, I think he's a cool guy, but every dumb idea he had, where it's like, we've got no money. We can't do anything. Like any change we make is going to take three years to do. What can we do now? And yeah. so he saw like the Maserati like Quadroporte, and it's like, oh, those porthole things. We got to add those to Buicks. Like literally, yeah. that's how it happened. Like Whoa. he wanted to add hood scoops. He wanted to add hood scoops to the GTO. Yeah, and the Pontiac GTO, and it was oh, well, that's going to take two years. And he's like, can we add hood scoop stickers? This idea was floated and they couldn't, they, they oh wouldn't do it. But like they did end up adding like the real hood scoops, but he wanted yeah. to add hood scoop stickers because we could do that now. Oh my God. That is amazing. Uh, I did not know that's where the port events came yeah. from. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was Bobblets coming back and it was like, what can we do like right now to fix the these cars? That, uh, the, those events only came on like a handful of those models, right? Like it was a, it was the Lucerne. Yes, and oh, I I don't even think I, I mean like I guess Buicks in general had them, but then it's amazing that from Buicks having them, I I don't even think Maserati could claim uh, popularizing it. I think it was Buick popularized probably, like probably. the AutoZone accessory that became what it was or what it is. So you mentioned a three-letter word. Yes. What is that word? LCI. Yes, which means um, life cycle impulse, which yes, is BMW's does. extremely cynical marketing term for their facelift. Yes. So um, I pose it's, the question to you. Yes. What is the worst BMW LCI? What is the Ooh. worst BMW facelift of all I, of the ones? Most of them are inoffensive. I say that most of them, yeah, most of them actually, I think, improve the car and i cannot speak for any bmw past the f30 maybe uh as far as lcis go uh, i can't identify any bmw past f30 <laughs> yeah uh i think the clear answer is the e46 uh when the dame edna headlights were yeah introduced. those headlights were bad. mainly be yeah because the the thing is they didn't improve anything like there was it nothing just made to improve. it fussier yeah, like the the original E46 headlight design was kind of perfect. Like, yes. And so much so that they kept it on the M3. Uh, yes. And versus, like, say, the E90, the LCI was a true improvement because they simplified, like, they removed the mustache stickers and made a real kidney bean, like, real kidney beans. Uh, I, and they cleaned I, up the tail I, The mustache thing, so the grill, we're talking about how the kidney grill, I liked how on the E90 it was like inspired by the Z9. But I guess yeah. with, the, with the context, the Z9 concept car, with the context that like Chris Bangle didn't really necessarily do it. Yeah. And that it was just kind of like, oh, like these are some things that Chris I Bangle almost has think done. it was like, I, I, it's a nod definitely to the concept, but 
I almost think that it was like a cost cutting thing where it was like we no, have to, it was we have to carve these two like hoops into the no, hood. No, it was a nod. It I was not know. a cost cutting thing. I don't know. Uh, I do. Uh, I do like the taillights better on the yeah. LCI. I've had both. I've had a pre LCI and an LCI, and yeah, the taillights are far better. Uh, mainly because they went back to I don't know if there's an official name for it, but basically BMW had for a very long time. Uh, still do actually, I guess. Uh, but in their '90s cars, the side lights were taller than the trunk-mounted lights, so you you had like this kind of L-shaped. The L shape, yeah, yeah. But then on the E90, they made it like an almond, uh, like the pre the pre LCI. Yeah. So they, they they wavered in that era because the like the E38 and the E39 also just had like non L-shaped. Yeah, yeah, and. Like for whatever reason, like uh, like just so in the LCI version, LCI E90, they shrank the trunk light portion, creating the L shape again. Yes, and it just transformed like the rear end of the car. Yeah, uh, I I would agree. Yeah, uh, most LCIs are good. E39 LCI is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty good. One of the best. Yeah. Uh, like E6... that was when they introduced like they revolutionized the accessory lighting industry for <laughs> with cars. With the angel eyes. Yeah, end. with the angel eye headlights. Um, um, E60 LCI was good because the taillights got really yeah. cool. And it uh, it like it turned into like um, LED... I don't even know what to call it. Like eyelashes, I guess. Yeah, like exactly. And it looked really good. The yeah. E65 LCI kind of got worse in a way because it got too conventional. I actually preferred it yeah um, probably but it, it kind of watered cleaner. down it, they kind of yeah. watered down yeah um, um so i would say i think the e40 e46 is the worst lci but i think the e38 is the runner up because it also is like worse than the original yeah yeah I'll, yeah i'm on board with you there. the e38 kind of had like the scooped out headlights like the E46, but it just didn't work on the E38. The E38 was pretty perfect to begin with. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, truly, like, those are timeless designs. And I know, like, again, it is, like, almost an old man argument, like, old old BMWs were the way to go. They were timeless. You keep saying this, people are going to think we're old men when we're clearly not. Clearly, we are no more than 23, give or take a decade. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) but... Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So E46, truly, like, I don't, I get that they had to refresh it. And then they did the thing where, uh, so BMW, and I don't know if they still do this today. And I think they do because they did it on the F30 at least, uh, where pre-LCI, it's halogen bulbs uh, for the taillights. And then LCI turns into LED and then for the E90, they did the same thing. They went back to halogen. That's crazy. And then they switched to LED. And then on the F30, they did the same thing. It was halogens to start. And then, so they, they you say that they don't have any product foresight, but mm. they they had to come up with things to change in LCI. I, I liked the, uh, the Z3 LCI was good. Z3 LCI. It kind of got the baby L-shaped taillights. Oh, yeah. You know what? I like. I do not have enough of the details of that car memorized to picture. I remember the LCI because they came out with new colors and new wheel designs and new engines and like minor aesthetic differences that I liked. Yeah. No, I I think the Z3 looks so good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like for cheap car candidate, like that would be a good choice. I feel like. I think and so. you have so many. I mean, I know they're they're the engine options, uh, the preferable ones or desirable ones, but even like the original, like one point, I think it was a one point eight or one point nine. The four uh, cylinder. Yeah, the four cylinder. Like, it, it's basically a, in theory, more solidly built uh, Miata. Uh, I would be kind of into that, like for I don't know five grand or whatever mm-hmm. one might cost for. A whatever weekend car, but uh, yeah. So I'll have to look up what the LCI one looks like because I don't recall. It it was mostly in the taillights, but okay, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think that might be a podcast. I think that's a podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, do look for us on Instagram at new for 96. Send us an email perhaps at new for 96 spelled out at Gmail. Please do send comments. We're tired of getting letters handwritten. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I have gotten so many paper cuts this month. My God. From the mailings. Uh, Yeah. Uh, All right. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.